Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. We are here today to talk about Mexico, the Grand Prix of the Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez. The the annoyingly written hashtag Mexico GP, not Mexican GP, which... It's, it is Mexican, right? It, 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 is the, it is the Mexican Grand Prix, but for some reason the hashtag is Mexico GP and... You may be wondering why there's just two of annoyance. us as well, whilst we uh, discuss that. Yeah. These are the kind of things that probably me and Tommy will rant on about, is these uh, yeah. small dilemmas in the English language. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, me and Tommy today. Uh, if you're listening on audio, then uh, you won't be hearing a third voice. Jess uh, was out in Mexico. Uh, Dan couldn't make it either. So it's just me and Tommy. which Jess, is Jess absolutely... still not over Bottas's win from two yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, she's still not over it, so that's why she's not here. As soon as <laughs> Bottas is off the podium, that's when she'll come back. Um, but yeah, so it's just uh, me and Tommy today, which is more than enough excitement, I think, for uh, for you guys listening. Absolutely. So let's dive straight in with some three-word race reviews. So we've got J Ch one richer J- I read that as J Church, but anyway. Church. Uh, painful to watch. Uh, Jack Henry Dunn underscore, all about strategy. Pablo Flores dot M, I wanted rain. And Jesse Jabor underscore, torpedo strikes again. Speaking of rain, uh, I don't think this is in our notes, so we should mention it now. Let it rain Absolutely threw it down after the race again. Like it, it threw it down so much that it probably would have red flagged the race. Though, yeah, right? yeah. So, I think the paddock was falling down and all sorts. Which yeah, is, it was pretty heavy. But it's it's a good job that maybe we didn't get the rain because that maybe would have yeah. ended the race. It, I mean, it would have had maybe two or three spicy laps. But um, mm. yeah, actually, no. What am I talking about? I would have loved the rain, but uh, maybe not the red flag. Yeah. Uh, Tommy, let's go into your three-word race review. Obviously, we've got a few uh, mixed three-word race reviews from fans. Yeah. Uh, you got painful to watch. You got I wanted rain. Um, how would you sum up? Would you I'd say it was a, a peak Mercedes race. And what do you um, mean by that? They just, out of nowhere, I don't know how they did it. Again, um, you know, it looked like it was between Red Bull and Ferrari. Ferrari obviously locked out the front row eventually. Um, Verstappen obviously was, you know, favorite to win. Um, he had had amazing pace around there. But yeah, Mercedes... Pulled it out of the bag to get a one-three in a track when, you know, they were probably would be lucky if they got any of the drivers on the podium. Yeah, they were written off, weren't they, going into oh, the race completely weekend? Written it off. was Ferrari yeah. versus Red Bull. Mercedes weren't really given any sort of, uh, of no. chance to to win. But um, they came through, as you say. It's a peak Mercedes race. We've seen a lot of times where you don't really see it the other way around, do you? You don't see Mercedes locking out the front row and then Ferrari coming through and... Yeah, a little... Uh, yeah, it is difficult because because I had originally uh, my so my other Fiat race review, which we're going to go into a little bit, but I didn't go with this in the end. But it was going to be around the kind of backlash of Ferrari because mm. I th- I think it is a little bit harsh. Um, and I will just say that like strategy it is all kind of hindsight. Yeah. Um, if you think back to um, Austria, I'm sure on the podcast we were saying things like, "Oh, as soon as Mercedes have anyone challenging them." They bottle strategy mm. and, you know, as soon as it, it was a strategy that they could play because they were off the pace. Absolutely. Um, and I think even Toto Wolf himself said, you can't risk that strategy that Hamilton was on if you were leading. Because, you know, let's be honest, if um, Leclerc done that strategy, stayed out and his tyres exploded, we'd be here going, Ferrari, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. So it's one of those things where it's, it's not luck. It was a it was a 
a great gamble, I'd say. Well, Vettel called it luck in his post-race interview. Mm. He said they got a bit lucky. Um, I think, obviously, it goes down to Lewis Hamilton and, and Bottas' driving, although Bottas pitted a few laps later, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, as you say, it's one of those, they're kind of forced into a corner. They have to make a, a strategy call that is different to Ferrari because if they just follow Leclerc and they're behind Leclerc, and as we've seen a few, in a few races this season, it's very difficult to overtake. And even though we have a, how is it, 800 meters long straight, common long, yeah. long straight, whatever it yeah, is, yeah. Um, there still wasn't really that many overtakes Not at really all. at all, no. Daniel uh, Rick went for a few dive bombs. But which didn't work. No. Uh, well, without, care, without his break, break bias help. Shocking. Well, to be fair, even with his break bias <laughs> yeah, help, he hasn't I don't been think he pulling have, them uh, off. Yeah. Uh, so we've got a question from Parsiak. says, why Ferrari is still so messed up? They have two amazing drivers with so much potential and they manage to be on the front row. But every time they find a way to blow up everything. Seriously, what is wrong with them? Yeah, uh, a bit harsh. A bit harsh. Like I was saying earlier, that in fact, in fact, I've got a, a tweet here from um, that I very nearly retweeted, um, but I was like, no, I won't curse Ferrari. I'll, uh, I won't, I won't uh, jinx it. Yeah. Uh, but Luke Smith, uh, who's an F1 journalist during the race, and I thought the very same thing, uh, tweeted this. So Ferrari looking good right now, holding track position for both the one stop and the two stop strategies, and you know, uh, that's what I was seeing as well. The perfect, like realistically, that's what you do with your on two paper. drivers yeah. on paper. You've got both going for the win and you cover off both strategies and they were essentially net leaders in both. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, it didn't pan out that way. Yeah, so they, they were unlucky. And it's almost uh, all down to Albon, really, that they uh, were forced into that Leclerc yeah. pit stop. Although I find it weird that they would cover off Albon anyway, just, just purely on the face of Albon's not as quick as Verstappen Maybe they genuinely thought the two-stop was quicker because I think they did. Yeah, um, in terms of the mistake, I think that was the the thing that went wrong was the fact that they did cover off Because Albon, his first pit stop, that was when he got caught up with Carlos Sainz, was it? Yeah, it was. And he so again, pitted like, very early. And like like you say, like Albon's, with the greatest of respect, is probably not going to be challenging for the race win. It was actually unfortunate for Albon because he would have probably had a very good result if they hadn't gone for that strategy but to be fair you know when they have that Pirelli graphic at the start and um, that says this is the optimum strategy it was two stop mm. all the teams thought the two stop would be better but um it's crazy it didn't how, turn out that way. how wrong they were though because which is rare close. which is rare but I actually quite like it I you like, you we've like said it. it so many times that when they don't know what they're doing and people pit at different times and it's close and you don't know how the race is going to pan out, it's a lot better. Yeah, because it throws up a, a mixture of strategies. And it was it was a sort of a, an interesting um, thing to watch purely because, as you say, you know, you've, got, you've got Leclerc and Albon on two stops, which I think quite, quite early on I could see the gaps weren't coming down nearly as quickly as they should have, especially yeah. towards when Vettel and, and Hamilton were going to pit was that, Leclerc really wasn't eating into their advantage no. at all, which which is is testament to to Vettel and to to Hamilton's driving Bottas as well. Um, and it's interesting that Leclerc said in his post race interview as well about the fact that um, he should have communicated to the team that he could have gone longer on those yeah. mediums. Um, so yeah, it's, it, they were forced into that with, and that's the beauty of Formula One when we have more than just Ferrari and Mercedes in the mix. You have that Red Bull, which does that alternate uh, strategy where they've gone, well, let's risk it, let's let's pit Albon, see if we can jump Leclerc, 
and obviously it didn't work out for them but yeah. having that other variable forced them into that hand exactly when when it's close it's not just better because they're close it's better because it allows the other teams to throw the dice a little bit you know the start of the season we had these races where mercedes just were off one two and they could pit whenever whenever they wanted, they wanted. Yeah. it didn't really matter and then because everyone's so separate everyone's paying at the same time because they just want to stick to the plan mm. but when you have the situation where it's like all right we'll, we'll gamble a little bit that's when it you know provides some entertainment it does um let's go in with my three word race review now uh, i've gone with what an anti-climax and that some was people made some thing, uh, yeah. made some made some points of me saying the max part of that as well uh, maybe there was something i think if max was definitely in that in that fight i i don't think the top three would have been the same uh, no. I think Max definitely would have been around there. His pace was unbelievable, especially on the, yeah. the, the, the he had a damaged car and also uh, the fact he went 65 laps on, on the hard tyres or whatever yeah, it was, which crazy. is ridiculous. Um, I'm underscore Walsh. He says, why did this race turn into a massive anticlimax? Uh, because, again, if you look at it on paper, we have Leclerc, I mean, Albon at this point, towards the end of the race. Yeah, yeah, he's like 40, 50 seconds behind. But Leclerc closing in, especially when he first pit, with those hard tires, he and he had a slow pit a stop as well. Good chunk of time out, didn't he? Yeah, because he lost three or four seconds in the yeah. pits, which I think ultimately cost him potentially a chance of catching the back of that pack. Yeah, he made a little mistake were, were as well. Um, yeah, he made a few mistakes yeah. actually, didn't he? I uh, think locking he, up, and I think he in the post-race interview said, "Don't blame Ferrari; it's partly on me as well." Yeah, yeah, and so it's it's nice to have that, that reflective yeah. attitude from F1 drivers, and I think you know Charles is almost too hard on himself sometimes. Yeah, Baku definitely. And Germany, yeah. I'm an idiot, etc. But uh, but it is interesting that he he he's learning all the time as well, isn't he, Charles? Yeah. Like he, you can see he's learning as well with these mistakes and uh, this reflection of I should have spoken to the team more about not pitting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so why did why do you reckon it turned into a massive anticlimax? Um, well, it was massively hyped. I mean, I mean everyone, well, everyone <laughs> thought that was the way it was going to pan out. It, I think we've said it many times. It goes back to the kind of 2012 Pirelli era where someone pits for fresh tyres and they're like five seconds up quicker. Yeah. And you know that Leclerc's 20 seconds down the road, but is going four or five seconds up quicker. And, you know, it was, it was simmering nicely and it all was going to, you know, come down to these final few laps where they could, um, where Leclerc, uh, well, actually it came down to Vettel was catching Hamilton, Bottas was catching Vettel and Leclerc was catching Bottas. Yeah. So, you know, the, the idea was that they all those four were going to be right together at the end, which they were to an extent, but unfortunately just the nature of the race and the fact that the tyres didn't go off as much as they thought mm. meant that there were kind of the two second gaps that we've unfortunately become used to in formula one where you get close and you can't get anywhere near someone yeah because i think it was 6.3 or something like that between the top four and the end or something yeah. like that so. so it was close you just unfortunately uh and we'll go into a bit later with a bit of a controversial opinion Ooh, about the track but, to that. um yeah it just it they didn't close up as much as we wanted them to no, uh, it, there, were, there wasn't enough of a tire difference, as you say. No. There, there wasn't because I, there's, uh, there was talk of it, um, the, the car behind having to be a full second quicker on raw pace during that part of the Grand Prix to be mm. able to overtake, which I think is for, for a lot of F1 tracks, isn't it? They have to have quite a lot of pace advantage 
A um, huge, yeah. To, to be able to to get close, deal with that fifty percent reduction in aerodynamics or forty five percent, whatever it yeah. is, and then get past as well. Uh, we didn't really see any. I think we saw Albon at one point before he pitted at the start of the race. He got into DRS of Vettel, and we were like, yeah. "Hello!" And then he fell away immediately because yeah. overheating, yeah, aerodynamics, the altitude as well apparently causes a bit of issue. Yes, yeah, so. as well. Um, so, yeah, right. Interesting. Uh, at Vince Kalenge says, is it the most boring race of 2019? I can see you fidgeting. Have we forgotten what the start of the year yeah. was like? We've we just been spoiled. Haven't France. We? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Since France, we've been spoiled. And yes, that was probably the worst of the most recent lot. Mm. But it was by no means a bad race for me anyway. No, I think boring... Again, I am seeing a division of F1 fans in the sense that there's the, the F1 fans that that can appreciate a strategic race, the ones that enjoy the tension, enjoy the gaps closing down, having that element of okay, they could they could battle, and then there's the well, there wasn't overtakes, it was boring. Yeah, um, I think we we could have done with a safety car or something like that to, to yeah. mix things up. But in terms of most boring race, absolutely not. I mean, France was one of the worst Pretty races cool, yeah. of of the modern era. It was a solid. Uh, <laughs> it was a solid race. Yeah, it was solid, but yeah, it, it just didn't come to fruition. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's why people were. Uh, and think that happens in F one. It does. Yeah, it does. we can't have bangers. amazing races all the time, and we've been very lucky the last sort of five or six. We haven't have. We? So, we've been spoiled. Uh, now I'm reading that you've got a controversial opinion on the track, so yeah. let's let's hear it. The track's a bit rubbish, to be honest. Um, wow. And I saw I saw this a lot over the weekend, and I must admit I do get sort of involved in it because I see um, I had this opinion, and I saw I think it was Hamilton put some Instagram stories up of the um, the baseball stadium from his point of view, and you know it's absolutely incredible. The atmosphere is amazing. We need tracks like that where you've got this incredible atmosphere. And what I love about Mexico is they bring the country, like the the culture of the country to a race. Yeah. Um, but that baseball stadium is woeful for racing. Mm. It is dreadful. And it's, it's, it's almost um, Barcelona levels of bad where you're going through terrible slow corners um 90 degree turns and then you're nowhere near on the straight because you've just been going through this section and sure it's great when you know the guys are there and they get to go up on the podium and hear the the amazing crowd but that last sector is very very bad for racing and i think bottas and vettel both said it, it was impossible to overtake Unless you're Max Verstappen, unless you're Max Verstappen, and then you get a puncture. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. You you have those those last few corners, which are very much single file. We saw Hulkenberg get wiped out by Kvyat um, on the last lap, uh, and then you've got Max, who just about pulled off that that move. And I think Martin even said, "Have you ever seen a car go yeah. get through there?" Which again highlights the fact that it's so difficult to overtake there. I think but... that was Bottas's fault as well for more Bottas. It wasn't a, an incident where he should have got a penalty, yeah. but I think Bottas could have got out the way. A bit more when... room. Yeah, just got out of it. Yeah. Uh, but but then you, you look at the rest of the track and you don't really see any overtaking opportunities. You've no. got down to turn one, obviously, you've got a really long run and that's where all the carnage unfolds. But if you look at the middle sector, it's all sort of medium speed, very and, much And the affected. middle sector as well, it, it was almost highlighted by, um, you know, when Verstappen went off and mm. kind of ran wide. It just shows how twist and t- tight that was because 
the, 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 it's almost clumsily slow, yeah. that, that sector. And sure, it's great for spectators and stuff. But I think, I think my point is that we were very critical of Barcelona's final sector mm-hmm. and Sochi's final sector. But because, you know, it gets to the end of the race, the crowd are going crazy. You've got these amazing podium ceremony and all, all this amazing stuff, which is great. And I totally on board. I think that's what F1 needs. Yeah. But the track is bad. <laughs> the track yeah. is bad. You know, the middle sector yeah. is very much single file as well. There's absolutely yeah. no overtaking opportunities in that, in that middle sector completely, I don't think. Yeah. Because you've got, I mean, the first sector... You've obviously got the DRS, uh, the second DRS zone um, going into that left right, which I guess is the only other op- overtaking opportunity. And I think from then on, you're pretty much following until you then go back yeah. down to turn one, aren't you? There's, there's, there's no real because at some tracks at least you have okay, you could go for something, but yeah. there's no braking zones no. really in that middle sector. And I, and I have to agree, it's it's a track that definitely brings the atmosphere and. You know, it's it's amazing to hear the cheers uh, yeah, oh, from yeah. the fans. It's something that I think F1 needs more of if they want to get more people to watch it. Because, you know, just hearing Perez going up the inside, you know, you get the chills. You get, yeah. you feel like you're there, which which is awesome. But at the same time, there are some... I don't know what they can do. I don't know what they can change. No. Uh, because it's a fundamental problem, I think, with the layout. But at the same time, it's not the worst track on the calendar. You can't say that. It's not the worst, but I do think it's... It's contender for if we're if you're if you're putting them all with no stands and no yeah. atmosphere, the the atmosphere makes up for the shortcomings of the circuit. Mm. Okay, interesting. Uh, let's go on to the post race antics. Post race yeah. antics. I don't know if that came covering up, up over how bad the track is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you had yeah. the podium ceremony, the the celebration, Hamilton yeah. coming out from the ground. I was really confused by that because. There was this talk of what was going to happen with the car being lifted up. Yeah. And then he just parked it. And I was like, oh, what's going on? What's going on here? Mm. And then, obviously, later on, they started wheeling the cars away. And then, yeah, it's pretty cool. I did like that. So you enjoyed it? Cause I saw some people saying, oh, it's a bit cheesy, a bit cringe. Oh, it's very cheesy. But I liked it. It's, that's, like, like we were saying earlier, it's embracing the kind of culture and the kind of fiesta whatever of mexico it's it's that kind of theater so yeah and, and yeah. in my opinion and i know some people won't agree with this but i like the theater that, that gives it that extra element i think for me what was too much was america two years ago oh when they did the, the intros the, the intros and the very over the top american stuff yeah but then i think the, what they did with the the podium ceremony with mexico was was just about right i liked it i think they were obviously having in mind maybe that hamilton was going to be winning the world championship and it would have been very much looked so. even I, better yeah i think that's what they were planning on and the but, fact that he won the race and then didn't win the title but it's awesome i like the fact that the car's up there as well and you obviously it's not logistically going to work for every single grand prix but yeah it's a nice change also <laughs> i was thinking about this when i saw that uh saw the car pop up and it was hamilton mm. and hamilton's a very like he he's like a showman he loves the he loves that side like he's the celebrity f1 driver yeah you imagine like uh I, I don't know like other other drivers not quite as pr friendly like if kivyat had one is like awkwardly like just popping up <laughs> Hello. if kimmy had won that yeah would have been incredible. just kimmy had won and he's just got to stand there as he's like <laughs> slowly appearing up. up i mean would that maybe would be they, maybe he, he had the choice 
perhaps they, maybe, gave, they maybe said. Maybe they said. Maybe just the car could have come up, which, again, would have still looked cool. So, yeah. But, but I, Hamilton's I feel like Hamilton's like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting on, the on car. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is fair enough. I, I enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, we also had the selfie guy, which uh, I needed that to stop immediately at mr liam 13 says was selfie man the most cringe podium moment since austria 02 it it was it was a cringy moment it's just yeah i i love all all that but i think that all made the point you know the podium is there for the drivers to they're the stars to celebrate and i can't imagine how annoying it is for a formula one driver um, you know, it's part of the job. They're going to expect it, but they're walking through the paddock. Uh, there was an interview actually where Jensen Button was interviewing Vettel and people, as he was even being interviewed, they're getting in his face, like trying to get selfies and stuff. And you think you've had all that. You've done the race. You're on the podium. This is your chance to celebrate. And there's mm. someone with a selfie again. Yeah, I, I can understand why he was frustrated about I, it. Yeah, I didn't agree with it at all. No, I think I don't it was like a stupid it. thing to have up there because that's one of the only points in the weekend where a lot of people wouldn't have actually seen the drivers. You, you only see true. them in yeah. the car. And so they're, they're robots, they're athletes, yeah. whatever you want to call them. This is the one time where the people in those grandstands, people on the track can see the drivers. And they don't need that you know, selfie man getting in Vettel's face and... I mean, Vettel was very polite, in my opinion. He gave him just a little bit of a shove, but uh, I reckon that Hamilton would have probably just given him a clothesline if uh, <laughs> yeah. if he had come anywhere near him. So, yeah, not don't agree with that. I, yeah. I enjoyed the podium ceremony, but there, there was, was clearly some selfie stick thing because they had the live feed through his selfie stick as well. Yeah. He's going, yeah, oh, come on, stop no, it. Too much. Too much. So let's go back all the way to Saturday. Who got oh. pole position? Charles Leclerc. So why are we talking about this now, Tommy? Because what came in on our Instagram? Yeah, so... Uh, who, who stirred the a, pot? A certain uh, Formula One driver Lando by the Norris. name of Lando Norris <laughs> uh, decided to get involved. So, so we made a graphic. Um, well, I've made this graphic about um, in the last nine years, there's been nine different people on pole position. Yeah. And for 2019, because this was long after Verstappen had had his penalty... I included Charles Leclerc because Charles Leclerc was on pole position. <laughs> but unfortunately, some people didn't agree with this and were like, Max was on pole. Um, it doesn't count as a pole position, all this kind of stuff. Um, and I also had um, a question from someone called Clevy on Twitter that said, can you cover who got pole position on the podcast? A Dutch interview said, a Dutch, sorry, a Dutch interviewer said Max Verstappen still has the pole, of course, even though Dutch it's a penalty. Did. And again, this is this isn't right. They they shouldn't be feeding misinformation like yeah. that. But yes, Max wasn't on pole. If you look at Verstappen's records in his history, in you know, in the history books, it will show that Verstappen still has one career pole at Hungary. Yes, he got the fastest time. That's completely different. But it's not the final classification, is it? And it's not, uh, and I've heard some people saying, oh, it's changed or blah, blah. He didn't get it. You know, if he got his lap time deleted, yeah, he would have been on pole, but it wasn't. He, he got had penalty. a penalty. Yeah. Uh, and the two examples that I can think of this happening, Maldonado, 2012 Spanish Grand Prix, Hamilton um, ran out of fuel on uh, when he'd set pole position, set to the fastest lap in qualifying. Yeah. Uh, got stripped of it. And Maldonado has a pole position to his name even though he was second fastest in that session because he started on pole position. 
Uh, and this one is probably the one that pains you the most. And even me, because he deserved it. Shumi, Shumi and Monaco oh. set the fastest uh, fastest lap. Absolute banger of a real lap. And you're like, Shumi is back. This is the old Shumi. And he had a 10-place grid penalty from the previous race for colliding with someone. And it didn't count as a pole. Was it five or ten? It was ten. Uh, maybe five or I ten. I can't remember. Five, yeah. yeah. Gutted. That so yeah, Charlotte Flair was on pole and that is the way it is. I'm sorry. I've watched that Shumi pole lap about a million times. It's great, especially with the it? commentary. You know. oh. oh my goodness me. What so a, sad. What a moment. And had he been on pole, he would have won that race. Yeah, because it was the race where Monaco you can't overtake. And Mercedes were, were unreal. So, oh God, that gives me shivers. Um, right. So Verstappen did not get pole. Charles did. He didn't. No. Which uh, will be interesting when we go into our predictions shortly. Um what else are we going? So, yeah, at Chris Hitchin says, was Verstappen being an idiot with the yellow flag situation? Yes. Yeah. Yes, he was. Yeah. yeah. Can't, can't, yeah. can't argue it at yeah. all. It, Tommy, the biggest Max Verstappen fan, cannot argue it's that. It's something, you know, I thought we were over this side of him. Um, almost the worst of it was he had, he had an excuse because Bottas had crashed into the sensor so the yellow flag flashing on his steering wheel, all that kind of stuff was gone. It oh, was, right. just, yeah. yeah. So, so it was just a case of that yellow flag. It wasn't also it wasn't double waved yellows. It was single waved yellows. Mm. Um, even though it was written that it was meant to be double waved yellows, um, comes around the final corner, sets sets the time. He was slower in the mini sector, which. Um, for a single yellow flag, that's fine. But he went into the press conference and was like, oh, I didn't see it. Uh, I don't care. I went faster. Uh, just delete my lap then. And, you know, if he hadn't have said that, they might not have gone in and reinvestigated him. Wasn't it more the fact that he said that he saw Bottas and he didn't slow down? And he didn't slow down. Yeah. So he's he's admitting he had... He And he said he saw the yellow flag as well. Yeah, something. that was it as well. So yeah. I saw, I saw, saw Bottas, the yellow flag. I saw the, I saw the flag. car in the wall. And I didn't slow down. Come on. Like, I know he obviously was adrenaline pumping. He had a bit, you know, he's he's an arrogant driver. I'm not going to deny that. No, no, no. He thought, you know, I've set two banging lap times. They delete one of them. They can't take me, it yeah. away from me. And they did. And he, deser- he deserves to be punished. Like, I don't like that side side of him. I love the fact that he's this raw racer and he's, he's, he's old school. Yeah. But, you know, without without turning it into a bit of a somber thing, let's not forget that the Jules Bianchi thing, you know, we won't go into it, but he, mm. uh, part of that was not respecting yellow flags. So there has been serious consequences for doing things like that. And to have the, to be in the press conference and be like, oh yeah, it doesn't matter. Just delete my lap. It's fine. It's a very serious incident. Yeah. And especially in the position that Bottas was in, you know, if Verstappen has exactly the same, Problem that what Bottas had run a bit wide, get on the he got on the white line, didn't he? And yeah. just lost the back end. You know, he could have crashed into Bottas. You don't know these things, especially exactly. when they're on the absolute ragged edge, yeah. of trying to set pole position. So, but the thing is, he, he it's so it's so frustrating because he he probably would have got away with it if he hadn't have said the Been, things he did, yeah. and and essentially like mouthed off about how it doesn't matter because he had that excuse that the timing was broken. He'd have gotten away with it. You're looking into the apex. Mm. 
you know, he's saw seen the car, but the line comes pretty soon. And Vet and Vettel, you know, Vettel saw it, eased off. Uh, there was uh, a bit of controversy because people were saying, "Oh, Hamilton went quicker as well." Do you, mm. do you want to shed any more light on that? Do you know any more light on that? I haven't seen that written out as much. Um, I have seen a few people saying that, but I don't know what Hamilton's response to it was. Yeah, I perhaps think, that's the difference. Maybe think, there was he was also slower in the mini sector, but then didn't go. Well, I wasn't. Yeah, I just yeah, went for it. You know, I just went for it. Um, I think yeah, Max is needs to learn from this because yes he does and and then and his whole weekend unfolded from that didn't it Mm. i mean would he have been in the same position into turn one anyway both the ferraris probably would have been in front of him yeah but but he he wouldn't he might not have been racing side by side with hamilton yeah so interesting stuff so max hopefully will learn from this it's definitely it's a different learning curve it's not something he's really had to go through this uh, whole mouthing off and no but he'll know for next time not to say anything if he uh, gets pole position and there's a yellow flag. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, driver of the day. Let's talk about that. Um, I think Daniel Ricciardo and Sergio Perez both had pretty awesome uh, races, yeah. especially Perez. Just oh, Perez was unbelievable. He just has his weekends, doesn't he, where he absolutely turns it up. What was the other one? Yeah. Spa? Oh, we gave him an A star for something as well, yeah. Was it uh, Spa, I think, Spa I think he did really well. I can't remember which one um, you said. Because you, you predicted he predicted was going to well do well. I predicted he was going to do well at Spa, yeah. That was it. Um, but yeah, I think he's I think he's a very underrated driver. Um people for for whatever reason, you know, he's got a lot of podiums for someone that's been in a midfield team. And he doesn't seem to be to have this almost reputation like a Hulkenberg where people are saying, you know, stick him in a Ferrari, he'd yeah, win a yeah. he'd win a world title. At Sam Ugara Four says, Why has a top team never made a move for Perez? He's a fantastic driver and has good money. There must be a reason. He had I mean, his very short stint. McLaren, but yeah, unfortunately he joined McLaren. him at a very long, bad time. Yeah, um, he didn't perform particularly well at McLaren, did he? He wasn't great, but I think by the end of the season he was sort of there or thereabouts with Button, um, who's a world champion. Um, and I think, I think you know, he had that chance, but unfortunately things didn't work out. McLaren needed to promote magnuson who was their young driver at the time and he, he dropped back down into the midfield and unfortunately he, he's that driver that just out of nowhere can bang in podiums and amazing results but for whatever reason teams just don't want to give him the extra kind of step up yeah, into a top team it is really odd and i don't know why he has because he was reputation. he was a ferrari junior as well yeah. um in the early stage of his career and ferrari thought very highly of him but maybe maybe his kind of switch to I'll go to McLaren hurt hurt his chances of moving up the ladder with Ferrari and it's unfortunately it's just a, a tough game F one. You have those moments where mm. there's only X number of seats. And, you know, if you if you said where where does Perez deserve to be, I'd probably say like sort of Red Bull kind of levels, levels yeah. of car. But unfortunately, he's just not got that for him. Absolutely not. There must be some politics behind it, but we just don't know <laughs> exactly what that is. Because uh, int- he signed a long-term deal with um, Racing Point as well, hasn't he? Yeah. So it's not like he's thinking no. about going anywhere anytime soon. And he's, what, must be early 30s? Yes. How old is Sergio Perez? Sergio but, um, Perez age. Maybe, maybe he's hoping that 
He's 29. 29. Okay, so we've still got a bit of time. Uh, so, yeah, maybe he's hoping that 2021, when it closes things up, he'll be banging in podiums every race. Be good to see. Um, and, and Danny Rick as well. Uh, he had a, a decent race. Uh, couldn't get really past good. Perez, though, could he? No. For all he tried. For all he tried. I he think just... Perez made a joke that if he was in his old Red Bull with his brakes, he could have got past him. But, um, <laughs> yeah, Danny Rick. Uh, Danny Rick actually helped Hamilton and Mercedes win the race because they saw that he was going on the hard tyres for so long and that's what kind of triggered Mercedes' strategy to do it. Very interesting indeed. mm -hmm. Yeah, because I remember there was a team radio as well, wasn't there, saying Danny Rick's been on and he's improving. He's been on them for 8,000 laps and it's (laughs) fine, so don't worry about it. He's still going around now. (laughs) Right, uh, Tommy, do you have the thing? I bet you don't don't have it ready. You never have it ready, do you? I can um, but let's let's see if uh, you can load it up within the next four seconds. Four seconds. Yeah, four seconds. That's you sent lot. it to me on WhatsApp because you said I can have it ready. Here we go. Lovely. It's time for ABC the F1. Ne- maybe next time. Maybe in maybe, a few days' time for the American the... Grand Prix, we'll be able to do that straight fluidly. away. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's do this. It might be a bit easier this time because there's only me and you to just have our to lovely our discussions, discussions where we shake, where our we hands, shake and hands and agree. <laughs> agree to disagree. Uh, Mercedes, Lewis Hamilton. It's got to be an A. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he didn't get didn't get pole, didn't get in the front row. You have to take a little slight a bit away from that. He got, yeah, Ferrari I mean, he got fast. Not, no way lucky. He was given a strategy which he didn't Complained agree with. A lot. But he, I mean, as soon as what he complained, a, he was gonna win, what a right? performance. I saw a lot of people say that um, the counter argument of some people is saying that that's kind of Hamilton's gamesmanship, that he says it so it kind of throws the other throws the curveball. But you never know. You no, never know. It might be that. I mean, he's a very clever driver, so it might well be that. Yeah, I think, I think it's more he's just, just his way yeah. of coping. He's very emotional. I mean, just yeah. look at his Instagram to yeah. see how he he wears his heart on his sleeve and he puts all his feelings out there, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. So I think that's just. His and if he doesn't say it, he just bottles it up and then probably will drive worse. So then he just gets it yeah. out there. At the end of the day, he's speaking to his team. Like, yeah. So we don't hear everything that he says to his team. Exactly. And those things are just... There's loads of things. I think Alonso at one point complained that, oh God, the it's FOM are obsessed him. with me yeah. because all these radio messages get played and they'd never care when it's Marcus Ericsson talking about <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, Marcus Ericsson's probably saying all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, so we'll give him an A. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Valtteri Bottas. I'd say close to an A, but B. Really? Mm. I was going to say C. He had a bad start. He crashed in qualifying. But I think he he had a very good race. His pace was really good. He brought himself well back into play. To be fair, he had... When he was closing in on Vettel, when they were closing in, I was like, Bottas is going to have Vettel here more than I thought Vettel was going to have... Considering Bottas had a... C or a B... Okay. All right. Did you see uh, C because of um, the work he gave his team? Did you see the repair bill that he? I didn't uh, know. Oh, um, what Mercedes listed out. Um, I, I think we're about to do a graphic well. on it, so stay tuned for that on WTF One Social. Lovely. Um, listed out everything that was changed on the car, and it is a massive list. And obviously, they have to do this so they don't occur any kind of penalties. Mm. So yeah. Fair play to Mercedes. Did it say how much it came to? Not how much, sorry. Oh, right. Just a, just just a list of all the stuff. Oh, right, yeah, I did, to be fair, I completely, it slipped my mind about his crash and qualifying. 
I still want to give him a B. C. B. C. B. C. B. C. Please. No, because I'm, I'm looking at the other thing, people that are going to get a B. I don't think Bottas deserves a B. C. Valtteri Cottas. Okay, C. Uh, Ferrari, Sebastian Vettel. B. B. Okay, I can yeah. agree with that. Yeah, decent he race. Looked, but... It's going to be interesting next year because Vettel seems to have found his mojo a bit. Yeah, he's definitely there or thereabouts with Charles again. Yeah, he looked... Qualifying still maybe slightly lacking. Well, he was improving, so he might have nag- oh, uh, like nabbed yeah. pole if uh, Bottas hadn't but been he, he actually the followed the yellow flag rule. But he right? saw it and slowed down. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. yeah, B. Let's give him a B. Uh, Charles Leclerc? C. Mm. I think it's got to be a C. Uh, he got pole, obviously. Quite inherited unfortunate. It. Inherited it. I want to say B purely because it wasn't really down to him. I guess he made a couple of mistakes, but I think part. I think he was being too harsh on himself. Yeah, because um, he had a slow pit stop, which wasn't his fault either. We, we need a. We need a. We need to start doing minuses because because for me it's between a B and a C, like Bottas. But well, we're not doing minuses, Tommy. It's going to have to be a decision. So Vettel's getting a B, and Charles has to get a C. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. All right, let's give him a C. Uh, Red Bull Max Verstappen. Oh, I think that's an F. Really. That's a difficult one because no, he did. He, he had a really good comeback drive and he had pace, but you've just got to give him a. It's, a it's slap stupidity wrist. with his qualifying stuff, which I am going to include in this whole. Debate oh yeah, definitely, absolutely has to be. Yeah. Um, with Lewis, difficult to say. I think it was just purely the nature of the track and those two, both getting little slap. I think his reputation. I think his reputation is starting to. Um, kind of define him a little bit yeah because if you think that Vettel which we've not spoken about actually Vettel and Hamilton had that near miss at the start where Vettel was kind of squeezing Hamilton onto the grass I yes. think to be yeah, fair yeah. he was trying to get the slipstream from Leclerc mm. but you know that was pretty borderline and could have been a horrific crash oh yeah absolutely Verstappen's wasn't really anything major and Hamilton chose to sort of Lay in on Max in yeah, the press that, conference. That was odd because I thought Vettel's one was much more dangerous. Yeah, because that could have ended in Hamilton veering off to the left and then. But yeah, Hamilton and Vettel in the press conference were having a chuckle like, "Oh, his car's a bit of a magnet every time." Yeah, you near him because I thought it, was it, 50/50. it wasn't his fault. I don't think the Bottas thing was his fault. Yeah, the Hamilton thing was just unfortunate. He had he had the inside line as well, um, Verstappen, so mm. had the right to do it and just got. Shafted Absolutely shafted in the press conference. Uh, okay, see, it's a good comeback drive. He drove sixty-five laps on the hards. I think he goes. He if he have started pole, he'd obviously done really well. He goes down to like an F because of his it's quality, quality, stuff. and then he's made it up to a C just because of his epic drive. drive. But you yeah, and, can't and give he him went, anything yeah, higher because laps of on hard, whatever it was. Yeah. So I think a C. C. Let's yeah. give him a C. Alex Albon. Uh, oh, this is so difficult. I think that's probably around a C as well, purely because... He didn't have the pace. His race pace after the first stint was no. dreadful. And he got he got shafted by... He was on the wrong strategy. It's really unfortunate because it would have been great. If he if he did in a one-stop, he'd have been on the podium, mm. which would have been mm. amazing to see. But he's still not quite there, is he? No, no. He hasn't quite got that probably three or four tenths that, yeah. that Max has. And we, we see that with a lot of Max's teammates. Mm, which I've seen uh, people throwing around the whole, yes, he's got more points than Verstappen. I mean, but that's not... 
that's not, just from Max being an idiot. And, yeah, exactly. And having a few, few Very, different. Yeah, hundred um, yeah, percent. I think it's C. Yeah, I think C is fair. It, it was looking like it might have been an A, especially his start was great. He, yeah. he avoided uh, the collisions and, and stuff that was going on. Got up to third. There was hope, and then it just kind of fell away from mm. there. And there wasn't that that consistent race pace that I think yeah. we were all looking for. Um, and he didn't seem particularly happy either in the post race interview. I think he thought that there was a there was a there chance, was a chance there. Yeah. of a podium. Uh, Renault, Daniel Ricciardo. So he started it's be outside the top ten. Yeah, it's got to be an A for his drive, though. I mean, he was he was the only one there, at least attempting to overtake. Mm. The strategy he did to you know put in the tires. If Hamilton's an A, you've got to give him an A as well. He did the same thing on the tires. So, mm. A. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, was gonna think maybe a B, but uh, I think he's I think he's up there for. I think him and Hamilton and Perez are okay. like the three stars. Oh, wow, we're skipping to Perez. Shh. Okay, let's go with an A for we that. Uh, Nick Hulkenberg. He was having a decent race. Not quite so good as Ricardo. Got punted at the end by Kvyat. Finished in 10th in the end after yeah. Kvyat's penalty. So maybe a... B or C. It's that middle ground again where he's not... It's nothing special, is it? No. And unfortunately... It seems like his F1 career is just sort of Slowly petering now. It, it seems like Danny Rick is now getting the upper hand of him a bit. 100%. I mean, it, has been, it, has, it had been quite close at the start. Yeah. But um, you we've not even seen a kind of magic drive from him no, other than Germany when he bottled it, unfortunately. But, yeah, that's a shame. But yeah, I think this was, this was the season really for Nico, wasn't it? Where he could really put himself on the ladder. Okay, wow, Nico's actually faster than Danny Rick. You know, yeah. if, if he could consistently beat him at Renault, then maybe there was a chance that he could at least stay on at Renault or, or whatever. Yeah. But uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know where he's going to go from here, to be honest. Which is which is quite sad. Um, I think he definitely deserved one podium. I mean, if he finishes his F1 career without a podium, that's going to be quite the sad occasion. Isn't if you it? look that someone like Pastor Maldonado has won a race and Nico Hulkenberg has never scored a podium, it yeah. kind of puts it into. But as we've said it. before, he's always had those opportunities. He has lap. had the opportunities, which and is... it's not uh, come to fruition. Haas, oh, what a dog of a car they have at the moment. They they are slipping to Williams. I mean, Grosjean finished behind yeah, Williams. Beat, uh, uh, Grosjean, yeah, and I think um, I think uh, there was a bit of hoo ha with Kubica and Russell that Russell believes if he'd have been ahead, he might have got both. Really, they were that that dreadful. They they have no pace. Um, there was an interview with Steiner apparently after the race that just said only only three races left. That's the the only positive thing I can take from Jeez. this dreadful season. Yeah, I wonder how um, Hass not looking particularly good at the moment, and I think they rely on finishing pretty nicely in the constructors, which they have done last couple of years. I think, I think yeah. they've done okay. Sort of they finished table. fourth one year, didn't they? Yeah, which just was like. Whoa, that's yeah, impressive. It's interesting to see how their development goes if they finish la or ninth or wherever they are. Yeah, going to be ninth, so. I think. All right, so Roman Grosjean, let's give him a D. A D. D. Yeah, finishing behind a Williams, I think you've got a, e. got a punishment. E. You finished e. behind a Williams? Yeah, okay, fair. Okay, E for Grosjean and Magnussen. D. 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 Where did Magnussen finish? Williams. <laughs> no, he to Williams, but that's not saying much, is it? <laughs> Let's and give him was, a D. Yeah, D. Uh, McLaren, Carlos Sainz, what happened to them? When the start of the race, they were up there, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, P4 and P6, yeah. I think they were. Obviously, Lando had his problem, but Carlos finishing 13th in the end, wasn't it? That, yeah. 
and his pace was horrific on the hards. You were thinking, hang on a minute, he's he could be getting a podium here, mm. or even you know he a little slice of luck and he's on the podium. Yeah, he said the hards there. just completely ruined his race. Yeah, they were just just unfortunate for McLaren. Really, they just had no pace on them. Yeah. So what are we going to do, Carlos? See? Yeah, see, he had a great much start. Wrong, but just and Lando, I'll give him a again. C because yeah, I think it wasn't he, his fault with the pit. He was running. I feel like Lando the last few races definitely falling slightly behind Carlos. Absolutely, yeah. He he d- is worrying for him that there's only so much that he can keep kind of losing out to Carlos. I know Carlos is at well, the start of the season. I thought Lando's got more potential than Carlos, and mm. he's going to improve. And Carlos is having a banging year, and you know I think next year will be a quite an interesting year to see how those two get on yeah because in qualifying they're nine all so yeah on raw pace i guess they're they're quite close but it's in the races where carlos really does come into his own yeah doesn't he uh, i mean lando has had his few opportunities and i think and the statistics unlucky. would have been slightly weighed yeah a bit if more you look at favor. the driver's title which i don't think is a fair representation he's got 20 or, is he got 28 uh, points uh, carlos is on 76 then seventh and lando is 12 on 35 35 but if you but if you yeah. think of you know like um, Spa, Spa and things like that. He's, he's had some seventh, very it? unlucky yeah. moments. Yeah, it was. Um, it's been it's been a very difficult season for Lando, but I think he's proved definitely enough to uh, to be. Oh, a, absolutely! Yeah, he deserves to be in in the place he is. Yes, uh, in the F one paddock. Uh, racing point: Sergio Perez, A star, A star. I think oh, if I'm looking at, he started eleventh. No, he was eleventh because he had the fresh tires. He did, but I mean. There's absolutely no way. Like, where did Stroll finish? I think he was 11th or 12th. 12th. Yeah. There's absolutely no way that, that the raising point deserved, to deserved be a result yeah. like that. And, and he, he kept Danny Rick behind as well, which didn't look... Because mm. Danny Rick thought he'd be easy pickings, yeah. didn't he? And he made an overtake, yeah. which no one else really seemed to do. I think it's got to be an A-star. A-star, he can't really do yeah. anything more than that for Sergio Perez. Uh, and Lance Stroll looks like a, a very dull, mediocre... mediocre D. Race for him, really. I think. D? I think D just because of he was out how well yeah, Perez did. So do you did. think you've got to at least be getting if you're a in the same car, point, if you're uh, in the same get, car. A, get a point yeah. or something? But all right, D for Lance, uh, Alpha Romeo, Kimi Raikkonen. <sighs> I mean, where the hell have Alpha gone? Their pace is dreadful. There, I, I was actually looking at this. So you know how the whole Formula One point five mm-hmm. Alpha are now sort of slipping back. It, away from that and into Haas and Williams now. that the, There's almost like a gap opened up where it's McLaren, Renault, Torosso and Racing Point. And then there's another gap now where they're getting, they're finishing like two laps down every race. That's ridiculous. Like a lap down. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, it's difficult to judge, isn't it? Again, as, we, as we've said uh, many times in these podcasts, uh, Kimi and Antonio. I think Antonio still was outperforming Kimi, was he? Or was it close? It's, it's, they're know. just in no man's land. It's really hard to mm. actually follow how they've done. But All right, let's just give them a pair of Ds and move on. Yeah. All right. Uh, Toro Rosso, Danny Kvyat. Mm, he was doing okay, wasn't he? I mean, he was on the sort of outskirts of the points. Yeah. But, but then he smashed into Hulkenberg. Yeah. And got a penalty and then finished outside. I think points. you've got to give him a D because, yeah, it cost cost him points. Let's let's give him a D. Uh, Pierre Gasly, I, I want to give him B. a pretty high. Yeah, I think a B. He was I really wrote Ill B down because well. 
Oh, was he? I yeah, didn't yeah he, he was really ill with a stomach bug. Oh. Um, and there was talk that he wouldn't even be able to race. Uh, oh, no, sorry, I did see that because yeah. people were like, who's it going to be? Because Red Bull are, have, <laughs> don't have many drivers <laughs> as it is. Brendan Hartley. Yeah, Brendan's back. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I definitely a beef. Ninth yeah. place is impressive. And you could so. see in the post-race interview as well, he was drained. So yeah. uh, he's, he did extremely well. Yeah, um, I think for a beef so, for Gasly. Beef for Gasly. Uh, Williams, George Russell, he finished ahead of a car that isn't another Williams and stuck it to Kubica B. There's some nice racing between them. Wasn't oh, I loved it. I loved it. Uh, I love how the actually... only reason we saw that was because the cars were behind with like the Ferraris and the yeah, Mercedes and we saw that. That happens in quite a lot of races. I, mean, I, I mentioned it before in one of the podcasts in Bahrain, you know, because yeah. uh, I was fortunate enough to be there and it was in the grandstands and you could see <clears> almost <throat> every lap they were side yeah. by side going into turn one. I know. And... Just show it a few times. Yeah, come on. Come on. Like, when nothing's happening. Especially if Kubica's career is unfortunately diminishing into yeah. just the one year uh, back. But George, yeah, I think I, I can't wait to see George in a, in a proper car. Oh, yeah. I think yeah, uh, he'll yeah. be up there he with sort of Lando's potential, maybe even slightly better. We don't know. Yeah. Um, so George, we'll, we'll give him a B purely because he yeah. beat, he beat um, uh, one of the Hasses. And Robert Kubica, I think, actually said in a post-race interview that he would have potentially been up there slash ahead of George, but he had a slow puncture. He had, puncture. A, had a slow puncture. Yeah, it cost him. It's a decent, decent pace from Robert as well. I think that's the one of the better races. He got he obviously got quite lucky in Germany to get the point, but for, for me, this race, he did actually show a lot that he could fight someone like George Russell, yeah, who yeah. is an incredible driver, you know, with prospect, an amazing yeah. prospect. So should um, we see for that? I think a C, yeah. yeah. Fair. Is it almost like certain tracks for Robert are easier to drive for him with his injury than others? I think it others? could be, yeah. Do you reckon? It's like Singapore and stuff, surely must be. Like yeah, but it must be absolutely killer, terrific. yeah. I'd love to know exactly how difficult he's found this season, but it'd never like say. Like an honest but an thing, honest, yeah. Uh, answer. Right, that's it. ABCDEF1 is complete. Predictions for Mexico. Let's run through what we went for. So I went for Ferrari to make it six poles in a row. Which was correct because Charles Leclerc was on pole position. <laughs> One point for me. And Danny Rick will have some Mexican-style facial hair. I didn't see he that. Didn't, no. But he was Science, wearing... Science had a um, Movember cut, but Danny Damn Rick it. didn't. I saw it happening. I was like, if that was Danny Rick, you'd have had an absolute blinder there. <laughs> He was wearing loads of Mexican-style clothes. He had a jacket from a fan. Yeah, and he was wearing Mexico shoes Yeah, and a hat, he loves but it, not he? facial hair. So, damn it. Not even half a point. I'm not yeah. going to try. Uh, Dan, who was on the po- podcast last, last week, said, a really cheesy and unexpected podium celebration. That's a good one, because unexpected was the car being lifted. Yeah, um, because know, it was a safe bet in the sense of thinking of like the DJ. The DJ. And, but and this was different. Yeah. If it had just been the DJ, we'd have not given him for that. But, but I think that's a point for that's Dan. That's a point. Well done, Dan. And uh, midfield team finishes fourth. Nope. No. Tommy, Hamilton won't take the championship. He did not. I mean, well, you may as well have said we're going to race at Mexico. God damn. Uh, and Mexican wrestler masks in F1 livery colours will be seen. So just one point for me. Uh, yeah, I didn't see that one, did no, you? I no, I didn't. Uh, fan, wrestling, but... Fans, GPR Burns, a random celebrity will congratulate Lewis. Well, I mean, that didn't even happen um, because he didn't win the championship. No. Nick Eating Pizza says someone will wear a sombra halo, a sombrero with a halo on top. Didn't see that. Didn't see that either. And Mansa Hedges, no Renault on the grid. Oh, controversial. That was, that was controversial, but not true. They they stuck around, but there is a lot of... We oh, had, did actually have quite a few questions talking about how Renault, uh, on very dangerous territory yeah uh, 
potentially might not even stick around. Right. And I just realized I haven't actually done my predictions. <laughs> okay. Shall I? Should, you, <laughs> you read your two out. I, went, just I had my own sheet and saw that it just said, um, oh, of course you've gone for Ferrari <laughs> getting pole again. <laughs> okay. On. Right. Uh, mine are Hamilton takes the championship this time. Oh, wow. Well done. No. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to go for the easy, uh, easy point, uh, but isn't on the podium. Okay. And and then Vettel's going to win. Vettel is going to win. Oh, yeah, brilliant. That's uh... okay. Shall I read out? Yeah, you Jess's read out Jess's, and then I'll, I'll think thinking, of my second one. So Jess thinks Danny Rick is going to DNF, uh, and she also thinks that there's going to be no tire graphic this time, which we were quite critical of in the last podcast. And I th- saw she wrote on Twitter that she's a a fan of it. So when she's back, we'll have a spicy discussion about. Why that's wrong? <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, I'm interested to hear that because it has its merits. But for me, there's a lot of a lot of criticism, wasn't there in the last? There uh, was thing. There was indeed. Right, I'm back. Okay. You're back. You don't. Uh, let's go with my two now. Then um, you said Danny Rick DNF, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's so on to yours. Well. Yeah. Mine are Ferrari to get pole seven times in a row. <laughs> yeah. And uh, a huge crash into turn one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Huge crash. What, whatever huge entails. Big mm. crash. Not huge. Big crash. Big crash. Like a yeah. Like a turn one lap one. Yeah. Now I'm not going to say lap one just because that that that, no, that, that means that, that, that I, yeah, I can't get it. Can't. But I think there will be a crash into turn one, most likely in lap one. But let's see. Uh, the fans <laughs> Infernicus Hamilton to spend the entire weekend saying how Ferrari are the better car, only to win on the Sunday. That's a good one. Uh, D. Giorenti, I think was in Internet Special Reactions as well. More than four drivers will DNF. And mm-hmm. uh, Boston underscore Tom underscore says there will be a restopping reference made this weekend by Crofty. Oh, because of the, yeah. The stopper. The stopper. Right. We're done. We are done. That, was, that wasn't too bad. I thought this might have been a short one because it's me and you, but uh, turns on, turns out we can ramble just as much. What are you looking for? You look like you're looking for something. I was just looking to see if there's any, uh, any uh, no, additional there's Tommy thoughts, Tommy Tommy Tinks. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah? No, there's nothing, nothing else. Nothing else. We've, we've, uh, I think we've unloaded covered, your brain. Covered everything. We've covered everything. If we haven't, I'm sure you guys will let us know in the comment section below. But uh, that is it. We are done here for the WTF1 podcast for the Mexico Grand Prix, Mexican Grand Prix, whatever you want to call it. Hashtag. Uh, let us know in the comment section below uh, what you thought of the race and uh, any sort of additional comments about this podcast. And uh, if you're listening on audio, then give us nothing less than five stars. We're doing we well do on audio. Love it. We're doing well. Are we, yeah. are we at the five star we, we are well above five stars. We're seven, eight, nine stars. How does that happen? Uh, we're not really. Okay. We're, on, we're on five stars <laughs> with a with fair few ratings. So yeah, thank good. you. And please do, because we do read every single comment uh, to try and improve this podcast and make it yep. as good as possible for you guys listening and watching. And if people don't know, we do have an audio-only podcast about classic races. Yes. So if you want to, it, you don't have to just go on there to review us. You can also listen to them as well. Nice, nice little plug there. That so time when it's actually really fun. Uh, so if you enjoy sort of shorter podcasts, sort of 20, 25 minutes long, uh, where we talk about the amazing things that have happened in Formula One history, yeah. uh, things like that time when... Shumi and Damon Hill a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. that time when Nelson PK crashed on purpose. Sorry, Nelson PK Jr., just in case you thought it was the other one, uh, <laughs> crashed on purpose uh, at Singapore. Stuff like that. So it's, it's good fun. Uh, we like to talk about the, the past of uh, F1 and uh, make sure you go listen to that. So that's it. I'm Matt. This is Tommy. 
He's the founder of WTF1. Go follow him at TommyWTF1 <laughs> uh, and myself at MattWTF1 on Instagram. And uh, that's it. We'll see and you done. next time in only a few days' time, right? Yeah. Uh, for uh, we'll the good old American Grand again. Prix in Austin. Thank you so much, Tommy. It's been fun. It's, it's been, been a good. pleasure. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Beefy, basically.